तपो क्षीण पापान शातारागिण equipment in order to receive that to tune up with that that music 
and so so lord god or brahman is everywhere it's just it's subtle its frequency and wavelength is extremely subtle and therefore it requires a mind which is tuned up esa sarveshu bhuteshu gurhatmana prakashate this atma the self sarveshu bhuteshu gurha one is hiding or hidden in all the beings meaning hiding in my mind or my heart also na prakashate however it does not shine meaning it does not shine as brahman the self shines all right but does not shine in its true nature drushyate tu agriya buddhya sukshmaya sukshudarshivihi so only by sukshudarshivihi those who are sukshudarshis means those whose nature it is to see that which is sukshmam or subtle and how is it that they are able to see the subtle agriya buddhya by an intellect that is single pointed sukshmaya and that which is subtle single pointed means the intellect that is perceptive it's able to perceive thing which is there it doesn't get distracted by extraneous or unnecessary thing and is able to perceive it right just as when we have some kind of sketch with all kinds of lines and we are asked to see do you see a deer in there you know and all kinds of things are there and i don't see any deer and when we can see in and through that utter confusion of lines when you can see that harmony which is there which is right in front of you but it requires a certain tuning up just as when you go to a typical indian temple where lord is in a sanctum with no lights in there except just one light you know one lamp oil lamp which is burning there and therefore that image is not that illumined and when you are particularly coming from outside as in india it's always shining sun is always shining your eyes are also not tuned up to that darkness within and therefore as you enter the temple and even stand right in front of the lord you can't see anything because the eyes have been uh, only accustomed to the glare of the outside world and it takes a while for the eyes to tune up and slowly and slowly you start seeing something there that yes there is something and then slowly and slowly the light of lamps only reveals the image that is there and of course you require a light of camphor which is held in front of the lord to have clear darshan but even the lamp which is burning there does reveal a form and reveal certain ornaments and reveal certain glories which are there and then the, all the details are then revealed by that lamp <clears throat> so how it requires tuning up this is what we call ekagra meaning a mind which is single pointed there which doesn't get distracted by other other peripheral or extraneous things this is what we call vairagya also is there so dispassion is there that mind just hits it right so given so many choices in typical test hit right pick up that right alternative the right immediately mind connects things and so so in our experience of the world there are all kinds of names forms functions and varieties varieties and disparities are all there it requires the right kind of mind the spot that one factor which is in and through all this diversity and disparity which means that one who doesn't get distracted by the diversity by the disparity that obtains on the surface because that noise is so much in transistor also sometimes there are other radio stations so noisy that when the music that you want to listen to you are not able to catch because of noise it requires very fine tuning to eliminate the noises and so so there is a lot of noise in our life in our mind the noise of variety of desires aspirations demands greed and so on and so forth so many things are placing their demands upon me and i don't have the proper perspective at all the mind that is free from that that also is called so ekagra buddhi the buddhi of the mind that doesn't get distracted to anything and is right i mean you know up to its target and then also you require two things first of all your mind is withdrawn from all the outside glare and directed here at the same time it tunes up for a while also so to to get tuned up to the semi darkness situation within also takes a little while and then you can see the mind so it requires ekagrata a concentration or attention there at the same time a tuning up and so these two things all our priorities become very clear that's why 
मैचानंदयोगेन भक्ति ही अव्यभिचारणीन अव्यभिचारणी भक्ति ही लॉ कृष्णा से दैट भक्ति इज अव्यभिचारणी अनस्वर्विंग डिवोशन विच माइंड इज हार्ट इज जस्ट डिवोटेड टू वन थिंग अलोन इट इज डिस्कवर्ड दैट डिवोशन टू अदर थिंग्स इज ऑफ नो यूज और डिवोशन टू अदर थिंग्स ओनली रियली इज फॉर डिवोशन टू दिस अलोन बट एकाग्रता एंड सूक्ष्मता सिंगल पॉइंटेडनेस एंड सटलिटी दीज आर दू रिक्वायरमेंट ज्ञान चक्षु निरीक्षते चक्षु आत्मांगशन not that what is to be perceived is not there it is there evident but the instrument with which i perceive that is where the defect is and so also in this case the buddhi which is the instrument of perception the intellect that is where the defect is and that is where it has to be corrected therefore we all the time pay attention to our intellect to our mind so much in order to correct this perception <coughs> ज्ञानचक्षु निरीक्षते सच्चिदात्मानुभवसंपन्नस्यापिदभ्यासहितस्यवासनाबलात्किञ्चिदज्ञानंसंभवतेतत्परिहारासंपुनश्चर्वाणादीनिकार्याणीत्याहम्ताव
But again, like that moss, only water, so the water surface in a pond is completely covered by a thick moss. And you go there, you know very well by your experience, there is water inside. In fact, wherever the moss is, there the water is always very clear. And therefore, you separate that moss, drink that water all right, but moment you, you, you get up from there, that moss again returns and completely covers the surface. We keep on returning. And so also, our uh, mind being what it is, is covered by this moss of what we call habitual error. And the clarity does come now and then. When we expose ourselves to scriptures, contemplate upon that, a clarity comes. But again, there is what we call the rut or the habitual error. We get back into the same train of thinking and that mass again takes over, you know, it completely conceals our mind as so. And therefore, abhyasa, a constant practice as I say, practice of seeing this again and again. Different kinds of practices are there. Practice of repeating a name is one kind of practice, which is meant for uh, developing concentration and for purification of the mind. But this is a different kind of practice, which is called Dhyasaram, is the practice of seeing this truth again and again and again. Because I know what it is. Except that to see it requires a certain preparation of the mind. That's the reason why the, the meditation sessions. That all kinds of preparations are done. That I deliberately create a situation, an atmosphere, which is contemplative. And so I wake up in the morning, I have all my bath and everything else, and I'm sitting there quietly in a quiet atmosphere in a certain posture, free from all other anxieties, and thus I create a situation in the mind, which, which where I can see. So to get that mind which is single-pointed, subtle, not distracted, preparation is needed, and I see what I have learned. And I have to continue to practice that seeing again and again so that those samskaras or the habits which have become so deeply rooted are uh, replaced by this new habit of seeing the truth which is there. <coughs> this idea came earlier, Jnana Kalusham Jeevam, Jnana Bhyasa Dhinirmalam, Krutva Jnanam Soyam Nashet, Jalam Katakarenuvat. Very in the begin- very beginning itself this verse came. Just as Katakarenu, just as that, uh, that clearing nut, the powder of the clearing nut, when we add onto the water, how it gathers all the dirt and settles down itself, and so, so this Jnana Vyasam, this constantly seeing this again and again, gathers all the dirt. That is how the Jnana Agni, Sarva Karmani, Kurute, how the fire of knowledge burns to ashes all the karma. Karma is in the form of all these different obstacles that we have to knowledge obstacles to abidance of knowledge in terms of taking the body to be the self and the likes and dislikes and whatever other problems arise from that when each one of these notions is subjected to the scrutiny of the knowledge that I have each one of that notions is resolved and that is how that notion which is a product of ignorance it gets resolved or burned when we say burned we mean that it becomes incapacitated to create any impact upon me like like uh, the seeds which are roasted, like the roasted seed, all those notions become roasted in the fire of knowledge. And that is how it's a process. To burn this karma is a process. And what do we mean by karma? Karma means the products of, of the actions which are in terms of all the obstacles into abundance in the knowledge. So all those obstacles have to be addressed to and have to be resolved. It's not something that happens automatically. It's something that we have to address ourselves to in light of this knowledge. So it is vasana balat kinchit ajnanam sambhava. They call it ajnanam. The habitual error also is the product of past, of the ignorance. And therefore ignorance is still there with me in the form of this habitual error. Tat pariharatam, in order to eliminate this habitual error, punah punah, Again and again, this shravanam, listening to the scripture, meaning shastra vicharaha, the contemplation or inquiry into the scriptures, mananam, reflection upon them, nidhyasanam, again and again, seeing this fact, shravanadini means shravanam, mananam, nidhyasanam, punaha karyani, they must be done again and again and again. Meaning that the mind must be exposed to this again and again and again to this teaching, to the reflection upon what I have learned, 
in an attempt to be alert in owning up what I have learned. That effort has to be has to be has to take place again and again and again. Whole day can become an idhyasanam. It is not that you necessarily have to sit down to meditate. Fine, that you do. But even the whole day, I can always be alert with my thought patterns. I can I can address myself to every little disturbance that arises in the mind in the way in the light of what I have studied or what I have understood. And thus, that process of resolving goes on constantly. Even when I am doing my day-to-day activity. I, I keep a watch on my mind and whenever I find that the mind has a certain tendency of thinking, certain patterns of thinking, I address myself to that and I keep resolving. It is a process and thus this goes on constantly. <coughs> all that a given situation does is to bring up all those different patterns which are there in the firmament of the mind, they are all brought up and I have an opportunity to address myself to them. <coughs> And so this must be done. It is a full-time affair, total dedication. That's why we see in Ram Puranas how Vishwamitra goes in 1000 years he performs tapasya. It's something like that. With nothing else to do. Or that alone is what he does. So in and through, his life is just totally dedicated to knowledge. That's all. And if he, acts, if he performs action, that also is a, is, is a, as a means of knowledge. If he is, that is also because knowledge. Does not eat also because of knowledge. So a seeker of knowledge is only one thing in mind, and that's knowledge. And he requires, he requires a certain kind of, he knows, understands that he needs a certain kind of a body to help him. All right. Shariram me vicharsham. Let my body also be uh, suitable to me for this knowledge. Not that I want to build muscles and become a heavyweight champion or something like that. But I want a body which becomes a means to this knowledge. Jikhwa me madhumattama. Let my tongue be like honey. Let the words, sweet words, flow through my tongue. And words in the tongue can be sweet only when the thoughts in the mind are sweet. Otherwise you cannot do that too long, you know, that the words are different and mind is different because the words and the speech and everything. And the speech is not only through the words, it is through the whole of my personality. Everything in me reveals myself and those who know how to read that, they can spot a person right away without talking. There are so many languages through which we express ourselves. And this body is a tremendous language and our speech of course is language and so many languages with, with which we communicate and it's very easy for... And so all of that should become sweet. So my entire personality becomes sweet. And jikhwa me madhumattama. So whatever I speak or I do not speak, I do or do not do, I eat or do not... Anything I do or I do not do, all of them is only one consideration and that is how does it help me to, to, to achieve what I am committed to achieve? <coughs> and this is called, again, Nididhyasanam in a way that a constant commitment, Shraddhavan Lavadejnanam, Tatparaha, Tatparaha means one who is committed to that. Sanyatendriya, and therefore one who withdraws one's activities from everything else and directs, you know, into this. <coughs> So in concluding, it is being said that all of this should be done in the verse 66 says, Shravanadhiti. Shravanadhiruddhiptaha Jnanagniparitapitaha Jeevasarvamalanmuktaha Paritavita, he is talking about now, he is comparing this mind with gold. Svaranavad drushyade svayam. How the gold, when so many impurities are mixed in it, then gold doesn't shine on account of the impurities which are there. And the way to purify the gold is to subject the gold to fire. 
And what happens is, all those impurities which are there, they get burned, and gold does not get burned. And that is how we have what we call pure shining gold. And gold is a very beautiful illustration. That it is shining and pure and, 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 and uh, precious by nature. What makes it dull, not shining, is those impurities which are extraneous to gold. Gold is always shining wherever it is. But on account of many impurities, when you get this ore, you know, when you get from the earth, the ore from which the gold is extracted, you don't see any gold at all. You may see some shining particles there. And it passes through such a tremendous process of purification and extraction. And ultimately you get from a heap of ore some little gold which is bright and shining. However, it was there all along and all we have done is to remove those impurities. And so also is Jiva the Self is shining, brilliant, beautiful like gold. But it looks as though it is dull. It looks as though it is impure. But that impurity and the dullness that I find in myself are not my nature. It is something that is extraneous and therefore has to be removed. And just as the impurities from the gold are removed by subjecting it to fire, where the impurities all get burned and the gold remains, and that's how at the end of it we have gold which is pure, shining, brilliant, and so, so, this individual who is like gold, the mind also is like gold. Of course, Atma, self is gold, shining, pure, but the mind also is pure and shining. And when that is subjected to this fire of knowledge, the impurities keep on getting burned and ultimately comes out a person, a self, which is shining, pure, brilliant, precious. For that, the fire has to be, first of all, kindled, and has to be, fire has to be kindled and also it must become blazing. <coughs> so, first the fire has to be kindled. How? Shravanadri Uddiptaha. This Jnanadmihi or this fire of knowledge is Shravanadri by Shravanam. Listening to the scriptures or, or, or uh, inquiry based on the scriptures. Mananam, reflecting upon what I have heard or what I have understood. So that become, makes it Uddiptaha. That fire becomes uh, uh, grow, fire grows in intensity. So fire which is kindled and made intense by fanning and by the fuel that is required. And so, so there is a spark of jignasa, desire to know in my heart. And that spark of desire to know is made more and more intense and into a blazing fire by constantly exposing my mind to the scriptural learning. Shravanadvihi. So, Sravana Mananadhi Deeptaha Prakashitaha and Jnanadhi Paritapitaha. Not only the fire is now lit and is, is blazing, but then this gold is, is subjected to fire and so, so I constantly subject myself to that fire of knowledge. <coughs> this is what Lord Krishna calls the, uh, the Jnana Yajna. So, that is the Brahmarpanam Brahmahavi Brahmagnu Brahmanahutam How the wise man's knowledge itself is compared to a Jnana Yajnaha or that fire ritual of the nature of knowledge. Daiva meva parayajnam yoginah paripasre brahmagnavare parayajnam yajnena yopa jifvati There are those seekers of knowledge who constantly offer in the fire of Brahman this Atma. So they offer the Atma, meaning the Ahankara, constantly into the fire of knowledge. So Ahankara brings about, the, the, the sense of individuality brings about all kinds of notions. Each one of them is subjected to the scrutiny of knowledge. That's, that is like offering that into the fire of knowledge. And thus it gets burned. <coughs> so Jnana Agni Paritapitaha, Jnana Mevagnihi, purified by the fire of knowledge. So first the fire of knowledge is kindled with the help of Shravanam Mananam and then I constantly subject myself to this knowledge and that's how I become purified more and more and more. And even likes and dislikes do not go by a magical process. So karma yoga means likes and dislikes have gone away. How do they go away? By performing karma likes and dislikes come, they don't go away. It's not karma which, by which, which can burn likes and dislikes, it will only uh, accumulate, it invites. 
It is knowledge by which likes and dislikes go. All that karma does is expose the likes and dislikes which are there and you can go crazy with them. Unless this teaching is there where you expose, uh, you subject, you address your mind, you address all those likes and dislikes with the help of this knowledge. And then alone you can dissolve them. And that's how the purification takes place. So, paritapiraha means, means uh, heated the fire, shuritaha, purified by the fire. So this fire of knowledge is kindled and then I am subjected to that fire and my likes, dislikes, conclusions, all kinds of things which are there in the form of impurities or products of ignorance, all of them are subjected to this fire of knowledge and dissolved and that's how the jivaha, who is jivaha? Pratyagatma, sabhas, ahankara, this individual who is, who is called jivaha, the ahankara, the individual, slowly and slowly gets purified, the ahankara becomes subtler and subtler and subtler. The ego becomes more and more subtle and ultimately it gets completely destroyed. The ahankara does not go in one shot. Ahankara becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. The ego becomes subdued, milder rather, milder and milder and milder and ultimately it gets eliminated. <coughs> Jivaha sarva malat muktaha, muktaha, free from all the mala, all the impurities. Sarva agnyana malat muktaha, svayameva prakashate. So, jivaha sarva malat muktaha, svaranavad drashyate svayam. The Atma is shining already. As these clouds are removed, as the impurities are removed, it just shines. So the sun shines and so also Atma shines in the same manner. All we have to do is to remove the obstacles on the, on the, on the way of the self-shining Atma. Yatha agnina paritapitam svaranam sopadidravyam hitva svaropayana prakasir tadvat just as agnina paritapitam svaranam that gold which is heated or subjected to fire, sopadid dravyam hitva, all those other impurities which are there, hitva, they are all burnt in the fire. Sarupena prakasate and the gold shines as gold. Formerly gold was shining along with all kinds of impurities and therefore it didn't look like gold. And when it is subjected to fire when the impurities are burnt, gold shines as gold. And so I am shining today but not like gold. I am shining as Unlimited being as a jiva, as samsari, sukhi dukhi karta bhokta. All that kartrutam, bhoktrutam, all of it is as it is subjected to the fire of knowledge. First, the fire of knowledge is kindled, which requires, of course, all kinds of situations. It requires situations outwardly, it requires a situation in the mind, it does require a certain uh, situation, uh, conducive situation for the fire of knowledge even to be kindled. And when it is kindled, then you have to keep on adding fuel in terms of impurities and the fire always continues to shine, continues to, continues to burn there. And in that burning fire, our impurities get removed. And that's how the jiva, the self, comes out as a pure, shining, brilliant being. <coughs> Meaning what is natural to it and which was that nature was stifled by this, that nature just becomes evident. <coughs> Evam Shodhito Jivaha Paramatma Radakashatamognana Vasamharana Bhanuvat Prakashate Evam Shodhito Jivaha This Jivaha, the Self Evam Shodhita, one that has been purified in this manner His Paramatma, in fact, is a Self that is limitless The limitless Self which so far appeared as though a Jiva or a limited being when the sense of limitation which is a product of ignorance on account of being subject to the fire of knowledge as it gets eliminated or destroyed. Hrudakashatamognanam upasamharana The heart, meaning the intellect, which is where the knowledge takes place of any kind. And that's where the ignorance was, on account of which there was such an amount of confusion and suffering in my life, as that confusion created from ignorance, as it is removed in the fire of knowledge. Then, Bhanuvat Prakashate and Atma shines, it is shining, as I said, on account of these clouds of confusions, errors, which are the products of ignorance. So when they are removed, then the self shines in itself. 
And that's what is said in the verse 67. Rudaka Shodito Shatma Sarvavyapi Sarvadhari Bhati Bhasayate Kilam Sudakasa Uditohi Atma Bodhavanu Tamo Pahrita Sarvavyapi Sarvadhari Bhati Bhasayate Kilam is compared here again Atma is compared to Sun. That Akasha Udito Modavanu Bhanu, the sun just as Uditaha rises in the space, in the sky. How the sun rises in the sky from behind those hills? Tamopakrita. And as the sun rises, it destroys the darkness that has been pervading everywhere. How the rising sun destroys the darkness? Sarvabhyapi, the sunlight is all pervasive. Sarvadhari is something that sustains everything. Bhade, the sun shines. Sun shines in itself, all pervasive, but removes the darkness, destroys the darkness, and shines everywhere, pervades everywhere with its light. Sarvadhari is something that sustains all the activities, sustains the entire creation. Bhade, it shines, Bhasayade, Akhilam, and illumines everything. So the sun is that which shines, as well as that which illumines everything. It can shine, when it first rises in the morning. Until then it does not shine, there is all darkness everywhere. In spite of the fact that the sun is, there is darkness in this world, not because sun is not present, not because sun is not shining. And only that, my attention is turned away. Only when I, when I face the sun, as long as I am turned away from the sun, as long as the earth is away from the sun, there is darkness. When the earth now faces the sun, and there is light everywhere. So that's what ignorance does, that even though Atma is very much there, shining in its own light, but still there is all darkness in my heart. And when the space of my heart is illumined on account of rising of the sun of knowledge. So Rudakashan. Rudakashan means heart. Heart means intellect. The space of intellect. That's where the sun or the knowledge always shines. Whenever we get any piece of knowledge, we get what we call an enlightenment. When we come to know something new, then we get a thrill out of that knowledge. That is what we call an enlightenment. Oh, that's what it is. Is that right? I see. When I see, that means that knowledge shines in my heart. That darkness is removed by that knowledge. And how that enlightenment with reference to that particular object or that thing comes, and so also when that knowledge shines in my heart, this, this Atma which is comparable to sun, it rises, it removes all the darkness in my heart and it illumines everything, it shines and illumines everything else. <coughs> so, bodha bhanu, bodha eva bhanu, akashavat, it is not really the Atma which is compared to the, the sun, it is a knowledge that is compared to the sun. Because the self is ever there. In spite of Atma being there, being my true nature, even then there is darkness of ignorance in my heart. That shows that Atma, the Self, is not opposed to ignorance. What is opposed to ignorance is the knowledge that I am Atma, or knowledge that I am Brahman. So that knowledge is here compared to Bhanu or the Sun. Bodhaeva Bhanu, Akasavat Sarvavyapi, Sarvasyadara Bhutatvat Sarvadharo Bhavati, and so, Rudakasho Ditaha, the one that shines in the Akasha, the space of the heart, the firmament of the heart, is Atma, Bodhavanuhu. And so, well, then again, knowledge and Atma, they, so Atma also as though shines. Meaning, Atma, the self is ever shining, but knowledge makes it shine. So, Ajnana, Vrtam Jnanam, Tena Mukhyadnijantavaha, Jnana, Yesham Nashitam Atmanaha, Tesham Adityava Jnanam Prakashayati Tatparam. Lord Krishna says that Ajnanena Avrutam Jnanam, 
But Vivekajnana, that knowledge is covered on account of ignorance. Tena mukhyandi jantava, and therefore these jantus, these creatures are deluded. Jnana inadu tadagjnanam, yesham nashitamatmanaha, tesham adityavatjnanam. So by the, the knowledge, those whose ignorance is destroyed, that knowledge illumines the atma, just as the sun illumines the entire world. And so it is knowledge, aham brahma, illumines my true nature as well. And atma, who is actually sarvavyapi, so who is all pervasive, adasti, bhati, priyam, sarvadhari, sarvasya adhara, bhutatva, that which is, which on account of the imparting of satta and spurti, is the adhara or support of everything. Bhati, that atma, shines, bhasaite, achilam, it illumines everything. Sarasurupena, Sarum Brahmahamidi Prakashade, Atma shines as everything. I find that whatever there is, is Atma alone. And therefore, Atma shines as everything. It is everything, but now I know it as everything. Sarvasarupena, as the, the nature of everything that there is in the creation. There is only one self which is the self of all. And that is the, so far, I thought it was self of I, mine. Now I understand myself to be the self of all. Sarvasvupena sarvam brahmahamiti. So, whatever there is is Brahman, and that I am, in this manner, the Atma shines. Meaning, that, that son of knowledge, the knowledge in the form of son, reveals such an Atma. The ignorance distorts that very Atma and makes it appear to be a limited being. And that knowledge, jnana vritti, aham brahma, that knowledge reveals the true nature of the Atma, which is now recognized to be sarvavyavi, all pervasive. Sarvadhari as the very adhara or the support or the substratum of everything. <coughs> so, just as the sun, Vishwam Bhutam Ityadi Tasmay Rudraya Namavastu Ityantam Shrutehe, wherever the Shruti comes from, Vishwam Bhutam. The Shruti that we know, Yo Rudro Agno Yo Apsuyo Shadishuyo Rudro Vishwa Bhuvana Vivesha Tasmay Rudraya Namavastu. This is Shruti that we know. Yo rudro, yo, yo rudro, agnavi, apsuyo, shadishuyo. One agnav in the fire, apsu in the waters, o shadishu, in the o shadi meaning, in the plants, vegetables. Yo rudra, that rudra, vivesha, one who has entered everything. The rudram, rudra here is the Lord or Brahman that has entered the fire, the water, all the plants and vegetables. Vishwa bhuvana vivesha. All the creation of the worlds that are there, the Rudram or Brahman that has entered everything. So, that's what we say, Sarvavyapi. So, having created the world, Brahman entered, meaning that is that which gives content to the fire, and to the water, and to the ocean, and to all the beings, and to the whole creation. It gives us Sattva and Sphurti. In this manner, we can say that Rudra or Brahman has entered everything. Yo Rudro Agnoyo Yo Rudro Agnoyo Apsuya O Shadishyo Rudro Vishwabhuana Vivesha Tasmai Rudraya Namastu to that Rudram Namastu my salutations. That Rudram. So here says Ruhu Asuvam Dravayate Rudraha. Why is Lord called Rudra? Ruhu Dravayate Asuvam Dravayate. That which melts the impurities or that which is inauspicious. So that which melts inauspicious or removes inauspicious is called Ruddha. The one with the nature of auspiciousness. So that alone is everywhere. In the fire, in the water, in the plants, in the vegetables, in the entire creation, all there is, is this Ruddha, the auspicious Lord. He has entered everything. So one who has entered everything, the whole creation, to that Ruddha, to that Brahman, Namahastu, my salutations be. That shows Sarvabhyabhi Sarvadhari. He pervades everything and sustains everything. Gama Vishya Bhutani Dharayami Ahamojasa. As Lord Krishna says, how I'm, I have entered this whole creation, Gama Avishya. Having entered the Gama and Sprasvi of the whole world, I sustain all the beings by my Ojas, by my strength, I sustain the entire creation. So I have entered the whole creation and I sustain the creation. So it says Sarvabhyabhi. Sarvadhari, one who pervades everything, as well as one who sustains everything. Bhati, he shines, akhilam bhasayade, and illumines everything. So, Atma, who is such, 
is revealed by this light of by the knowledge which rises in my heart, which eliminates the darkness of ignorance in my heart and makes the self revealed, makes the true nature of the self revealed to me, which self is all pervasive, which has entered everything and which sustains everything. <coughs> And the, finally, in the last verse, Atmagnasya Paramagnana Pratibandaka Durda Pariharasam Nana Padarthaihi Yagha Kartavyahiti Asinkya Swatmati Saratasya Nakinchit Kartavyamastitiyaha Atmagnasya, now for a wise man who abides in this knowledge, Paramagnana Pratibandaka Durda Pariharasam, what comes in the way of the abidance of knowledge, what comes in the way of taking place of the knowledge and then abidance in the knowledge, all these obstacles are called durita. Durita means obstacles. Obstacles which can generally be called sin because they are the, the tendencies, you know, or they are our habitual patterns. We just, there is a self-denial constantly. The self-denial that is, there is self-disowning that is going on, self-denial that is going on or self-condemnation that is constantly going on alone is called durita. So the concept of durita or the sin is that which comes in the form of an obstacle to myself. That which makes me deny myself, disown myself, condemn myself. That is called durita. But in order to keep these durita or obstacles away, don't you have to do some special rituals and special meditations or upasanas in order to keep these durita or obstacles away? Isn't it that even for a wise man who abides in this knowledge that he has to continue to do something in order to keep these obstacles away? Nana padarthehi yagaha kartavyaha that maybe he must continue to perform this different yaga or yajna, the rituals, with the help of so many other, so many materials in order to keep away all those duritas or all the evil spirits. So we have this in our temple and those, those rakshasas are there to keep the evil spirits away. And in our life also we have to keep the evil spirits away by constantly form of worships or prayers or the contemplation. Constantly we have to do that in order to keep the evils away from ourselves. Doesn't the wise man also have to do something like that in order to keep the evil spirits away? Itashankya Swatmati Saratasya Nakinchit Kartavyam The one who is Swatmati Sarataha Rataha means reveling in or, or totally abiding in Svatma Tirtha. Atma itself is Tirtha. Tirtha means a shrine or a holy place. And Tirtha also means that uh, uh, the, the liquid, you know, the, the water, etc., the, of the Abhisheka. So that comes when we offer Abhisheka to the Lord, Lord Shiva, for example, with so many materials of worship. And that uh, that, that liquid which is there uh, after the bath of the Lord, you know, is called Tirtham. It is considered very holy. So Tirtham is that which is holy. And water and milk and curd and water, all those materials, when we offer them for, for Visheka or bath of the Lord, then they become holy because they have come in contact with the Lord. Having touched the Lord, they also become holy. Therefore we take them in order to become holy. But then, Svatmatirtha, one who is constantly puri, one who is purified on account of Tirtham, of the nature of Atma, one is himself holy because he constantly, that the, the knowledge, Aham Brahman, I am Brahman, I am limitless, or that I am the self, that knowledge alone is the holiest of the holy. Pavitranam, Pavitramyo, Mangalanam, Chimangalam. So that which is more sacred, sacred than the sacred. And that is purer than the pure. And so, when constantly one dwells in that, then no further effort, no other effort is needed in order to keep the, any spirits away because he himself is holier than the holiest. In fact, his very presence will create holiness everywhere. It's not that he doesn't have to make an effort to remain holy. Because Atma is holy by nature. So having owned up one's nature, no further effort is needed to remain pure because purity is my nature. And no effort is needed on the part of a given thing to remain natural. 
So what I am right now is unnatural state, you know, that I find myself to be a limited, unholy, impure individual. This is all wrong. Anyway, it seems to have become right on account of its asserting, as Hitler used to say, you repeat one hundred, a lie hundred times and becomes truth. So I keep on repeating, I am samsari, I am jiva, I am dukhi, I am sad, it does become truth. That's all. But then, when in the fire of knowledge all that is burned or resolved, and then when I abide in my nature, which is holy, I don't require anything to remain holy or, or sacred. That's what is meant by Swatmati Sardasya Nakinchit Kartavya Masti. There is nothing that he has to do. He himself is the purer than the purest, more sacred than the sacred. And therefore, no effort is needed to keep the Atma pure. Idea is, we don't have to do anything to keep the Atma pure or holy. It is that which makes everything else pure and holy. What do you need to keep it pure? Nothing. And therefore, no, nothing needs to be done in order to keep any impurity away because Atma is of the nature of purity. And this verse 68, the last verse, describes a wise man and that's how the text is concluded. It says here, Digdesha kala dhyanaveksha sarvagam Sheetadihrannityasukham niranjanam Yaswatmatirtham bhajate vinishkriyaha Sasarva vitsarva gato mrito Dikdesha kaladi anaveksha sarvagam shitai hrut nitya sukham niranjanam swatmatirtham. This swatmatirtham. Swatmatirtham means swat atma, one's own self is tirtham. Tirtham means a shrine or a holy place or something which is holy or pure in nature is called tirtham. Atma Myself is the shrine, a holy shrine or a holy place or holy by nature. So that Atma who is Dikdesha Kaladi Anaveksha. One Anaveksha means Anapeksha, one that is devoid of or which is free from Dikdesha Kala. Dik means the quarters, Desha means a place, Kala means a time. So that which is free from the space, time, place, all these different concepts. Sarvagam, that which is all pervasive everywhere. Sita Dikrit. Sita Dukhani Haratedi Sita Dikrit. Sita means cold. And cold also implies that stands for heat. So cold and heat. They all stand for pairs of opposites. So the whole creation which is com- consists which consists of the pairs of opposites. On account of which my mind also all the time you know, like a pendulum swings from one pair of opposite to the other. Now happy, then unhappy. Now, uh, now I like something, then I dislike something. So like and dislike, heat, cold, happiness, unhappiness, honor, dishonor. In this manner, the pendulum of my mind also swings from one end to the other. And therefore I am tormented constantly by this, this, this duality, I mean this dwandva. This dvandva, these pairs of opposites constantly torment me. It doesn't, allow me. it doesn't even allow me to remain sad constantly. Sometimes I become happy, therefore the sadness is worse, you know. So anything, because the mind always swings constantly, and therefore constantly one is tormented by these pairs of opposites. Sita Nikrut. So this Tirtham, understand Tirtham means uh, the Abhisheka, the Abhisheka Jalam, that water of Abhisheka of Lord Shiva. Vishnu Pardag is called Tirtham. And what does it do? It destroys. In this case, Atma Jnanam. That very knowledge, Aham Brahma, Aham Brahma, that knowledge itself is compared to Tirtha. Because just as we pour water on the Shivalinga, in a slow stream, a constant stream, and so, so when the thoughts of my mind constantly are directed towards this knowledge, Aham Brahma, Aham Brahma, Aham Brahma, it is compared to pouring a stream of water upon that Shiva. 
Shiva is Atma. My mind is constantly pouring on that. As I am Brahman, Shivoham, Shivoham, Shivoham. I am Shivaha, I am Shivaha, I am Shivaha. And that mind, which, which, which revels, which is abiding in this knowledge that I am Shivaha. So that, that becomes Tirtham. Because what is Tirtham is? That holy water, which comes as a result of after the Abhishek or bath. Similarly, of my mind, which is pouring on that Atma, and then itself becomes what? Tirtham and purifies me. So one who partakes in that Tirtham, Sita Vihrut, that Tirtham, just as this Tirtham also purifies me, this Tirtham in the form of knowledge completely eliminates the pairs of opposites and purifies, eliminates all the all the suffering and, and, and tormenting in my mind. <coughs> so that Swatma Tirtham is Sita Vihrut, Nitya Sukham of the nature of Sukham or happiness, Nitya Sukham, happiness which is everlasting happiness. Niranjanam, which is totally free from any taint or impurity. So, Atma is Nitya Sukha, of the nature of Sukha, happiness, that is everlasting. Atma is Niranjanaha. So, free from any taint, free from any ragadveshas, free from any impurities. Dikdesha Kaladi Anaveksha, which is devoid of any limitations of time or space. Sarvagam, who is everywhere, in, you know, all pervasive. Swatma Tirtham, Yah bhajate, one bhajate, bhajate means what? One who all the times so sevate, one who all the time dwells in it, revels in it, one who abides in this knowledge <coughs> of Atma. Who is he? Vinishkriyaha, nishkriyaha, free from any activity, he doesn't do anything. Idea is that in order to abide in the knowledge, once in order to abide in the knowledge, no further effort is to be made. So no, there are no further obstacles to the knowledge. Once I abide in the knowledge and I own up this knowledge, then there is no obstacle that remains in, in, before me. And therefore, Kriya, one who is free from all the activities. Because Atma doesn't have to be created, Atma doesn't have to be made, it is by nature happiness. And therefore no effort is needed to be happy. By nature it is pure, no effort is needed to become pure. It is by nature that which eliminates all the suffering and so no effort is needed to become free from suffering. So Vinishkriya hai. Therefore the wise man who is within the core, devoid of all the activity, who enjoys an absolute silence as far as the mind is concerned. Even though the body etc. is functioning because that's the nature. The body can never be quiet or it is always active. It is the nature of the mind also to be active. And therefore the Upadhyami appeared to be active but who is in his true nature, Vinishkriya, totally relaxed, totally at peace with himself and peace with everything else. This is what we mean by freedom from activity. Understand freedom from activity is not so much freedom from involvement or freedom from movement of the limbs. It is freedom from any kind of a strain or exertion in the mind. Any kind of a conflict or strain or exertion in the mind, one is totally free from that. One who enjoys that absolute silence. Shantim nirvana paramam matsamstham asigachadi. That nirvana paramam shantim. Shankaraja is mokshakyam shantim. That paramam shantim, that the, the peace or silence that is natural, which is which cannot be threatened by any state of mind. So this is what the wise man abides. And that is what is called vinishkriyaham. Nishkarme is total freedom from action in this manner total freedom from uh, any conflict, total freedom from any sense of doing, total freedom from any 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 desire which prompts activity. And therefore, Vinishkriya, the wise man, who is totally free from activity in that sense, Saha Sarvavit, he is called Sarvavit, Sarvavit Sarvagnya, so one who knows everything, everything that is essential to know, so one who knows what is essential to know. What is essential to know? Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. That Brahma is Satyam and Jagat is Mithya. This is the essential knowledge. Jivo Brahmai Vanaparaha. As a verse attributed to Shankaracharya says this, Shloka Adena Pravakshami Yaduktam Grantha Kodimihi Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya Jivo Brahmai Vanaparaha. So I am going to tell you 
in half a verse or half a couplet what has been said in Granta Kodimhi, in millions of texts what has been said, I'm going to tell you in a nutshell, in just half a verse, Brahma Satyam, that Brahman, the limitless, is the truth. Jagan Mithya, the duality of the limitation, is false. Jiva Brahmaiva, the limited individual, is none but Brahman, the limitless. Na Paraha is no different from Brahman. This is the truth. This he knows, he is called Sarvavit. He is called all-knowing, one who knows this truth, knows the realities of life, knows the real as real and the unreal as unreal, well, he knows everything. In the unreality, there are any kinds of knowledges. One need not necessarily know all those little things, you know. Of course, that way the knowledge is infinite, but then the wise man is also called all-knowing in the sense that he knows the realities of life and therefore he knows what is essential to know. Sarvagataha. He is himself all-pervasive. Amrita Bhavet becomes immortal. So he is, nitya, he is happy even when he is here and when he departs from this body, Sarvagata Bhavet, he becomes all-pervasive because he enters everything. That is his nature. Nature of Atma is everything and that in a primary sense, he, there is no, now there is nothing that, that separates him from himself in terms of the body also. Amrita Bhavet becomes immortal. <coughs> Tirtha also means a holy place and that's why the pilgrimage is very very common in, in India because there are so many holy places and people go for pilgrimages, pilgrims. So why do we go there? So that we get away from our samsara, that we get purified ourselves, that Tirtha or the holy place, its own atmosphere <coughs> which creates an impact upon my own personality and that is how I tend to benefit from there, I come in contact with the holy people there, I take bath in the holy waters there, I go into the shrines which are holy, and I also observe certain fast and certain austerities which makes me holy. And so, in order to become holy, I go to a holy place. Except that you never know whether you'll become or not because any number of obstacles can be there. Those places which are holy places are always far away. Out some place in the corners, in the, in the peaks of the Himalayas or in, in, in remote corners and to reach there requires a lot of exertion and a lot of difficulties you have to go through and on the path and the way also you may meet many obstacles in terms of your health and what not, your wealth and other obstacles like thieves and bandits and what not and there also you may come across some kind of water and you fall sick, all kinds of things can happen in an ordinary tirtha or a pilgrimage. But one with the pilgrim of the self this pilgrim, pilgrimage to the self is of a different nature. He is free from all these obstacles because this is the going by myself to myself. And therefore the only thing that separates is ignorance. And when that is gone, there is nothing can really keep me away. Kasmat atma tirtha na kinchit avashishya and therefore, for the wise man whom we call Jivan Muktaha, Atma Tirtha Radasya, one who abides or dwells in the Tirtham, the holy Atma, who is himself holy by nature, Nakinchit Avashishade, that nothing remains to be done by the wise man. So, no rituals, no meditations, no particular practices are needed for the wise man to, uh, to keep away the ignorance, because ignorance does not stage a comeback. Once it is eliminated in the light of knowledge, well, it cannot stage a comeback, and therefore wise man abides in his true nature, which is nitya sukham niranjanam, its everlasting happiness, which is pure, untainted, in that he abides. <coughs> in a way, here, the author, the Shankaracharya also, saw this a way to bless the devotees also. So the story must always end in victory. But it's not a story which ends in tragedy and stuff like that and leaves you miserable. The stories always end in victory. Satyameva jayate nandatam. Here also the text will always end in victory. Meaning, in the most auspicious ending of the wise man. And that, that's how also there is a blessing of the teacher. That may you also become like this. So may you also all the time uh, take up that pilgrimage, pilgrimage to yourself, Swatmatirsam. So pilgrimage to myself, who is the holiest of the holy shrines and who is the holiest of the holy places. And all the time partake of that knowledge of yourself which will make you holy. 
And thus, when you are completely transformed, well, nothing needs to be done by you. You abide in your own self. And that way, with as though blessing also, this text is concluded here. <coughs> with the again, the chanting of first verse, then we conclude the, uh, this Swadhyaya this here. <coughs> Tapo vihikshina papanam Shantanam vitaraginam Mumukshunam apekshyoyam Atma bodho vidhiyare Yeah.